WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by Special Light and Decatur in Benton Harbor. There's a good chance you've walked through a Special Light door when you go to a local restaurant, school store, or plant. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. An outburst of violence over a two-block radius in Niles has led police to believe there is a connection. The Niles Police Department announced today it believes the shooting deaths of Ferries Maxwell on August 16th and Racone Glenn on September 8th are related. The department's also investigating reports of up to 30 shots fired in the same area Tuesday. The shooting of Maxwell happened on North 7th Street, just south of Ferry Street, while Glenn was shot and killed near North 6th and Ferry Street. On Tuesday morning, Niles Dispatch got several calls about shots fired on Ferry Street. No damage was found in the area. There have been no reported injuries from the incident, although police found several casings. The Niles Police Department is asking anyone with information on the shootings to contact them. The city of St. Joseph will seek a $2 million grant for a project to reconstruct Upton Drive from the St. Joseph River to Momany Drive following action last night by city commissioners. St. Joe City Engineer Tim Z. Bell told them the work also involves the replacement of aging and critical sewer lines. The city has been denied two previous grant requests, but Zebel said a new opportunity has arisen from the Federal Economic Development Administration. It's not a cheap project. The total project cost, all in with engineering design and such, is $6.85 million. Grants that we're pursuing would take care of $3.75 million of that approximately, with the city cost being $3.42 million. Zebel tells us it's important the city secure grant funding to help pay for the work. There's a lot of upward pressure right now on city rates with lead service line replacements, with the CSO storage, with our aging infrastructure. And on the street side of things, we've pretty much capped out as much as we can ask. Without going to a vote of the people, our millage is as high as it's going to be. Zebel told commissioners without the grant funding, it does not look like the work could be done. If the city's grant is approved, the work would start about this time next year and be finished in 2024. Meanwhile, a fire that shut down the Curious Kids Museum in July will likely result in some changes to the building. During a study session of the St. Joe City Commission last night, commissioners discussed what the museum's changes might be. The city owns the building and leases it to the museum. Museum Director Lori Marciniak told commissioners she'd like to see some changes at the facility to make it more inspiring. I would like to see, you know, when the architect comes back in the general contractor, which should be in about two weeks, that we really take a look at, you know, could we do something like this? And when we go to try to raise money to do this, what do the donors really want? If major renovations are made or if major funds have to be raised, it might be necessary for the city to transfer ownership of the building over to the museum. Mayor Laura Goose said commissioners need insurance estimates and a vision from the museum before making any decisions. It's still a jewel for the community, and hopefully the insurance adjustments will get us back to where we were. What we want, I think, collectively is to see what visions you have. Marciniak said the museum's annual gala is coming up, and she'll get information from supporters on what they would like to change. In the meantime, both sides are waiting for cost estimates on repairs. The St. Joseph Public Schools Board of Education has clarified its policy on reviewing and challenging books. After a parent called one of the books in circulation at the school's library pornography at last month's meeting, during a meeting last night, the same parent thanked the board for removing the book, which Superintendent Jenny Fee said has not happened. The book in question that was brought forward when we went to look for the book, it was checked out, and it was checked out by a media center specialist because we do a normal review process. 
We have not officially pulled that book or removed it from circulation permanently. Fee says if someone wants to challenge a book, there's a specific form the challenger has to fill out. Once a book, that form is filled out, is that we create a committee. And that committee reviews those books under certain criteria and a written report within 30 days of that submission. And it is clear in our board policy that we do not remove materials while they're being challenged, that they remain in circulation until a decision is made. The book in question is called What Girls Are Made Of by Alana K. Arnold. It was a finalist for the 2017 National Book Award for Young People's Literature. Residents of the Lakeshore Public Schools District are being invited to take a survey to help guide a possible capital improvement bond effort. Speaking at a meeting last night, Superintendent Greg Eating said they've been discussing the need for upgrades for some time, so far holding three forums with the public. He said supporters identified three areas of need. Energy efficiency and modernization improvements and educational program enhancements. We've hired Perspectives Consulting to conduct a survey of all residents within our district with the goal to find what our community will support. Eating said the survey to gauge support launched this week. He wants to know what the community would back. The survey will be available for two weeks and we'll have a link to it at our website. With a new natural gas power plant up and running in Niles, Congressman Fred Upton stopped by last week for a tour. He tells us the INDEC Niles Energy Center was a $1.1 billion investment in the region's economy that created 900 construction jobs. It's really now the cleanest gas-powered electricity-producing facility probably in the country. Very little emissions and really made up for the loss of Palisades, which of course uh, went offline back in May. But even more than that, it's providing a tax base, a new tax base for the city of Niles and frankly, Berrien County. Upton says the planning stage of the plant took about 10 years. The Indec Niles Energy Center generates up to 1,085 megawatts, more than what the Palisades plant produced. Its construction took 34 months, and the plant can provide enough energy for 650,000 homes and businesses. It sits on 10 acres of a 373-acre site that Upton says was previously contaminated. He says the plant has practically doubled the tax base in Niles. And the Berrien Community Foundation has increased the amount of its four good grants. The grants for nonprofits have now gone up from $10,000 to $15,000. The BCF says volunteers who review grant applications notice the needs faced by nonprofits have been growing and the amount of four good grants had not changed in some years. The BCF board's Bob Harrison adds, as the foundation's assets have grown, it was decided upping the four good grants was the best way to serve the community. The Berrien Community Foundation has also increased the size of its four good minor grants from $1,000 to $1,500. The four good grants are for nonprofits to support programming. Free community concerts, summer camp scholarships, and teaching parenting classes are just a few of the ideas they've funded in recent years. The deadline to apply for a four good grant in the current cycle is September 30th. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues. The body of Queen Elizabeth is to lie in state in London from Wednesday. People are already lining up. ABC's Patrick Revell is in London with those joining the line. People are already lining up down here under the rain by the River Thames, getting ready to wait more than 24 hours to be the first in line to see the Queen's body as it lies in state at Westminster. I've got food, I've got drink, I've got warm clothing for the evening. I um, pretty much have everything I need for the next day and a half, let's say. It's estimated 350,000 people will be able to pass through, but that's not close to how many want to. 
Patrick Reval, ABC News, London. Explosive allegations from a hacker and former Twitter executive testifying before the Senate Judiciary Committee today. Peter Zatko claims he saw firsthand how Twitter does not protect user data. He also told lawmakers the company is uniquely vulnerable to bad actors. ABC's Jay O'Brien reports from Washington with more. Twitter whistleblower Peter Zatko told lawmakers the popular social media giant overlooked what he claims were glaring security issues. Zatko even telling senators there were few safeguards stopping a single Twitter employee from taking over the verified Twitter accounts of powerful government officials. And claims the company is collecting massive amounts of user data that it's not properly protecting. You can think of it this way, which is it doesn't matter who has keys if you don't have any locks on the doors. Jay O'Brien, ABC News, Washington. The NBA has suspended Phoenix Suns and Phoenix Mercury owner Robert Sarver for one year and fined him $10 million after an investigation found he had engaged in what the league called workplace misconduct and organizational deficiencies. The findings come nearly a year after the NBA asked a law firm to investigate allegations that Sarver had a history of racist, misogynistic, and hostile incidents over his nearly two-decade tenure overseeing the franchise. The league said the results of the investigation were based on interviews with 320 individuals and more than 80,000 documents and other materials. President Biden has welcomed thousands of people to the White House today to mark the signing of the Inflation Reduction Act, the sweeping $739 billion climate, health, and tax bill. However, the event was overshadowed by the latest inflation number. More from ABC's Karen Travers. President Biden says in a new statement that the latest inflation report indicates that, quote, prices have been essentially flat in the U.S. over the last two months, which he calls, quote, welcome news for American families. But that's a positive spin on the Consumer Price Index report out today that shows prices were 8.3 percent higher in August compared to last year, higher than what analysts were projecting and up from July. The president highlights that gas prices are down, but acknowledges it will take, quote, more time and resolve to bring inflation down. Today at the White House, he holds an event to celebrate the signing of the Inflation Reduction Act, which he says will lower the cost of health care, prescription drugs, and energy. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. Meanwhile, markets are shuddering following Wall Street's sudden realization inflation's not slowing down as much as hoped. The Dow dropped more than 1,000 points this afternoon, and the S&P 500 sank 3.6%. The hotter-than-expected reading is a traders bracing for the Federal Reserve to ultimately raise interest rates even higher than expected to combat inflation with all the risks for the economy that entails. Bond prices also tumbled, sending yields sharply higher after the government reported inflation decelerated by less in August than the economists had forecast. Some traders now expect a mammoth rate hike next week of one full percentage point. A Connecticut jury began hearing today about conspiracy theorist Alex Jones, who faces a second trial over his lies about the Sandy Hook Elementary School massacre. More from maybe sees Aaron Katursky. In deciding how much in damages Alex Jones should pay to families of victims for calling the 2012 Newtown shooting a hoax, plaintiff's attorney Chris Maddy urged jurors to put him out of business. Will you stop him? That's going to be in your case. Defense attorney Norm Pattis urged jurors to avoid making a statement. We don't want you to do anything here but follow the law. The defense said the family's claims of harm are exaggerated, but those families have called Jones's unyielding lies about how their children died unbearable. Aaron Katursky, ABC News, New York. The House January 6th committee is eyeing a close to its work in a final report laying out its findings about the U.S. Capitol insurrection at the end of the year. But the investigation's not over. The committee's already revealed much of its investigative work at eight hearings over the summer, but lawmakers say there's more to come. 
The panel of seven Democrats and two Republicans interviewed witnesses throughout August, and they're planning at least one additional hearing this month. The panel is also planning to issue a final report by the end of December. And there is some good news about COVID-19 in children. Here's ABC's Derek Dennis. Pediatric COVID cases decreased last week despite millions of children in the U.S. returning to school. The drop in child COVID cases comes after two consecutive weeks of increases. Last week, about 83,000 new COVID-19 infections in children were reported nationwide, down from 90,000 cases reported the previous week. The numbers revealed in a new report from the American Academy of Pediatrics and the Children's Hospital Association. One note, many Americans are taking at-home tests and not submitting the results, skewing the numbers. Derek Dennis, ABC News. WSJM News now continues with your weather forecast.